0: If you're anything like me, you spent your childhood assuming that one day you'd meet your Prince Charming. You'd get married, you'd have a nice house in the suburbs, a dog, a career, and a couple of kids. It never crossed your mind that Prince Charming wouldn't come along, or that tragically you'd lose him before his time, or that your marriage wouldn't work out, or even that your biological clock would have other ideas. Or maybe you never really wanted that sort of happily ever after. Maybe you never wanted a man, but you did know you always wanted children. We're living in an age where for the first time, women can embrace motherhood on their own terms. They no longer have to put their lives on hold waiting for the right man, or settling for someone who they know isn't right for them just so they can become a mother. More women than ever before are embarking on the journey to become what's known as a solo mother by choice. And while for a lot of us it doesn't feel like a choice, but more a necessity, the bottom line is there are now options for you to be able to fulfill your dreams of motherhood if the traditional route isn't playing out as expected. The No Need for Prince Charming podcast will share stories of Australian women who have successfully become solo mothers by choice. They each have a unique story as to why they decided to pursue motherhood in this way and the journey they had to go through to make this dream a reality. The hope is that by sharing these stories, you'll have the knowledge and the confidence to embark on this amazing journey yourself if you determine it's the right one for you. In the words of Walt Disney, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. All you need is faith, trust and a little bit of pixie dust. So, welcome to the podcast tonight, Shakira. I would love to start by understanding what led you to make the decision to become a solo mom by choice.
1: Um, thanks for having me, long-time listener. Excited to be here. Excited
0: to um, have you.
1: <laughs> so, for me, it was probably well. I know back when I was early twenties, I said, actually said it to my mom, Um, Oh well, if I've not met anyone by the time I'm thirty, I'll just have a.
0: I'll just have a baby by myself.
1: Yeah. Um. Obviously didn't know what that looked like. Probably Um. more like, oh, I'll just get myself pregnant sort of thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, all through my 20s I, I would be looking into different ways or journeys to motherhood, I guess. Like I looked mm-hmm. at fostering. I looked at adoption that's super hard in Australia and as a single woman mm. um and then it was just sort of I sort of was like oh no I don't want kids and went through a very selfish stage I guess just did my own thing traveled um and then I I honestly had made peace with I really don't think I could afford to do do it by myself really uh, okay yeah and it wasn't something that I'd put away on the shelf sort of thing but it was i don't i just don't think i could afford to do it so oh well if it happens the traditional way it happens sort of thing um and then 2020 happened and covid and you my lifestyle completely changed and suddenly i had all this money <laughs> and i was <laughs> like oh okay because i was very lucky i was um i work in childcare so it never shut down yeah if not it was busier than it felt busier and more stressful um so yeah my lifestyle outside of work changed and I suddenly had not a lot of savings but more savings and I was like oh okay maybe if I adjust my lifestyle I'm going to be able to
0: afford this so that so was yeah. always in the back of your mind that whole time but it was funny yeah you didn't think you could but you always, yeah like, ah. yeah yeah so, thank you COVID yeah I
1: I'm like COVID changed my life for a positive really yeah yeah um, so yeah, sort of November of 2020, I sent on the inquiry and started the ball rolling.
0: Yeah. And how old were you at that point? Cause you'd
1: said 30. Was you yeah. Off? So I was at 30. I was like, no way am I ready to have a child? Um, so 2020, I would have been 33.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 And when you were joking um, around with your mum about it when you are early twenties, yeah. was she supportive of it? What did she think you think? You're crazy. Uh, no, she was just sort of like
1: yeah that sounds like something
0: you do. Like I'm
1: quite a do my own thing sort of person. so yeah, but I also do like the shock factor sometimes. so she probably <laughs> could have been like, oh, she's just saying that to try and get a rise out of me, I guess. yeah <laughs> so she she learned very on very early on to not react to things that I would do, I guess so do or say. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. And so you had the savings. Was it a long process or were you managed to be successful pretty quickly? Um, So just the two IUIs
1: to get the Medicare rebate really. And then one egg retrieval. Um, There were a few delays with COVID in between. Mm. Um, um, One egg retrieval. I only got four eggs, which was devastating. Um, I only got one embryo from that, which again was devastating. Yeah. Um. And my doctor was like, I want you to wait two full cycles before we do the transfer, so frozen transfer. And, yeah, she took. She took. Okay. Yeah.
0: Which... So did, he, did they want you to do two full cycles just to make your body as natural as possible for the Yeah, transfer? well,
1: was it was something like my starting the fertility drugs, my uterus didn't, like, shed all of that lining of that period I guess
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and she just wanted it to be nice and fresh really
0: like yeah. Talk, so it yeah
1: that's all that matters
0: yeah yeah exactly and how did you find choosing your donor um well there wasn't a lot of choice
1: so yeah. <laughs> that that probably helps I guess um I I I knew that I would love a child no matter what they looked like, but Mm -hmm. I also knew um, that they would already maybe have some challenges in life. So I didn't want looking completely different to their one parent that they do know. I didn't want them to have that challenge. So I did look for um, Caucasian, similar features to my family. Um, When I imagined my future child, I did imagine a child with red hair because I have red hair. And um, so that was... An aim was to support the red hair to come through. Someone um, has to, no? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my first donor actually, he was a carrier for a genetic disease, so I had to do that full panel. Mm-hmm. Turns out I was the same, ca- the carrier for the same thing, so had to let him go. Um, How did you
0: find and, that learning that you're a carrier for something?
1: Well, that actually didn't bother me, but I also found out I have a genetic disease, so that was more like. Wow, that's crazy.
0: Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's it's nothing major. It's hemochromatosis. So my body just um retains iron. Like it seems just... like a
0: good problem to have given I've been on yeah. iron pills for ages.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not really an issue for women until um they stop menstruating, really. Right. Yeah. Um and then men generally they just say just donate blood and you won't have
0: an issue, basically. Interestingly, yeah. you learned that through this process, didn't
1: it? Yeah, it it was pretty cool, pretty interesting to see all that um sort of information about yourself. So, yeah, I can't even remember what I was the carrier for. I still have the report somewhere, but yeah, it was more. Oh wow, I actually have a genetic disease,
0: which was wild. Yeah. yeah. So you couldn't proceed with him, or could you? Have yeah. that you decided not to?
1: No. Um. So my.
0: Oh, well, the donor
1: team, they don't let you, even if it's like a livable condition, they don't let you proceed.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, so I had to go back to find a new donor and he just popped up and, yeah, it was, it was probably more of an emotive decision. I know a lot of people are like, you know, health was really important and education. But for me it was just like, oh, yeah, you sound like someone that I would actually be friends with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And did you have someone that helped you select the donor process or did you do it all by yourself or involve anyone? Um,
1: I sent them off. I sent a few off to my mom and a couple of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um but they were just like, oh yeah, it looks good. I guess they were kind of like, I don't know, what
0: what do you look for? Yeah. 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 But so all your friends and family were really supportive when you made this decision oh, that my you were God. actually going forward with it now?
1: Yes, yeah, so supportive. Like I some, sometimes I was like, oh, my God, I think you guys are more excited about this than I am <laughs> because it's a long process, anything with fertility treatments. Um, but they would constantly be like, so what's happening? Like where are you up to? Um, and even like during pregnancy they were – and I was like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but beyond supportive, yeah. And obviously you work in childcare. Were they supportive yeah. as well?
1: Yes, yeah. So I didn't. I told – like my two managers, so the manager and then the assistant centre manager. And I think I maybe told a couple of co-workers, Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't really tell anyone um, else purely because I wasn't overly close with a lot of other people because I had just changed centres. So it was just sort of a needs to know and then I told a couple of co-workers who I was closer with. I'm a pretty private person anyway, which sounds weird for someone who's now talking on a podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> It's a very select I'm, community that listens. Yeah, and I'm very much like um, I don't like to share until I've got sort of all my ducks in a row, I guess, is probably more what it is.
0: Yeah. yeah. So obviously then you got visibly pregnant and people would have start asking a little bit. Were you quite open with the fact that you were having a child on your own? Yeah.
1: If they ask, but one thing I've learned is well, the people in my life or extended, they literally don't care where the babies come from. <laughs> like, that's nice. No one, it? no one has said, How did this happen to me? Yeah. Um, obviously, my close friends and family knew. And then, um, yeah, I just announced that I think it was about 20 weeks when I said a baby was coming and I announced when she was born. And then I did like the five day. When she was five days old, I took a picture with her embryo and posted it. And then I just said, like, science is amazing. Thanks to the most generous man, blah, blah,
0: blah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. And I had a few people be like, oh, that's amazing. But yeah, it's only been positive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that a lot of people assume they're going to get negativity, but very few people actually do. Yeah. No. It's great. It's just Don't think the change in the, the environment. I think so.
1: yeah. If anything, people have been so curious and how does it work and yeah,
0: which is what's good. the most surprising thing someone's like asked you. Do you think?
1: Um, nothing surprising. It's just it's just real curiosity. Like, what do you find out about the donor? Do you have pictures? Um, like even like my mum and my sister, they still check in and go, so what does he know about Ruthie? Like Mm. they just sort of wanting to know how much information the donor gets, I guess. Um,
0: Yeah. And so you're in New South Wales. Have you got an Australian donor or an international donor?
1: Um, Australian. So he's, I lived in Victoria for nine years and I moved back once Ruthie was born. Um, So, yeah, he's a Victorian
0: donor. So you had no choice. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. So Ruthie is actually quite young, isn't she? How old is she now?
1: Yeah, so she's five months today.
0: Ah, so She's pretty fresh. So you're just out of the, the fourth trimester.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: How did you find coming home with her? Was it what you expected it would be?
1: Um, Walking out of the hospital, I had that like, Oh, my God, what? is anyone going to stop me taking this child? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I don't want to jinx myself, but it was much e- or oh, it is much easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. I think she's a pretty easy baby. Um, she doesn't like a lot of people, very dependent on me, mm-hmm. which that can be tricky, but... Um, but, yeah, I guess the one thing I probably wasn't prepared for, I I get the children and babies at work when they're, you know, the average is probably six months. Okay. So they're that little bit more independent and they're happy to roll around on the floor and just play for an extended period of time where they don't really do that, like, before, you know, that three and four months of age when yeah. they're no longer, you know, sleeping for most of the day. But, well, Ruthie is very much like no, I need you to be right with me. So that's probably the biggest thing that I wasn't expecting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and just how um, attached
0: we are to each other. I wasn't prepared for that either. I guess being in early childhood you can just kind of give them back and you don't realise yeah, the, yeah. the other hours they're not with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I knew, um, I knew it would be different but I guess I wasn't prepared for how different I would feel about her you know crying or that sort of thing like I'm very much like you're crying I can get your bottle quicker if I pop you down so I'm just going to pop you down but yeah I
0: don't like it. <laughs> Did you have kind yeah. of ideas of what you thought it was going to be like before you had her and has that eventuated? Um, no, not really I guess um,
1: I always knew that I would move back home to, okay. so i live with my mum now yeah um that was always part of the plan because i work in childcare but i didn't want her to go into childcare as a baby um mm-hmm. so that to make that happen i knew that i would need to be um with my family
0: so that's financial um, as well as support yeah, yeah
1: yeah financial as well as you know just that um support physically emotionally um that sort of thing have that village i guess yeah um I didn't have many expectations is into day-to-day how it would look. I um I knew I wouldn't want to be nap trapped. So I never knew like I was always like, I'm not gonna have a strict routine. I knew that. Um which we don't have, except when it comes to nighttime. She's very much like, okay, once I've had my bath, give me that bottle and get me into bed. Like yeah. She's very much like has no patience once she's had that bath. Yeah, but that's pretty much the only thing. I guess we have a ritual for the day, like things happen in the same order and sequence,
0: mm-hmm. but it's not time. Yeah. And what do you think of yourself as a mother? Have there been any surprises of how you've dealt with things? or? Um, I guess
1: I'm very much more, I always knew I wasn't the most patient person, mm. but I guess that's more, Um, prevalent now having her um, and I've had to adjust my how I like to do things I guess like um, I really struggle if I'm in the middle of a task and it's interrupted (laughs) so and that happens constantly Mm -hmm. with a baby so I very much had to learn to just it's not the end of the world if you only vacuum half the lounge room. Yeah. You lower
0: know your standards after a while. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll exactly. get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah. Um. And we were talking earlier about our dogs. Like, it breaks my heart how little time I have for my dog. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still do at least one most days, two walks a day. Um. But. Yeah, I have a lot of dog mum guilt.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people yeah. get there, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Suddenly they, they move down the pecking order.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. I think I, I'm i looking at my dog right now. I don't think she cares. I don't think she
0: notices, but I notice. Yeah. yeah. And so you move back home to help out um, in the early days. Is the intention to stay here for a while or is it a short-term thing?
1: Uh, no, I think I'll be in back home for life now yeah okay yeah yeah during during COVID I was like I think I'm done with Melbourne Mm -hmm. um and then yeah I think I'm here for for the long haul or at least sort of until she's in more like a school sort of thing yeah and then we'll reassess I guess
0: and are you planning on just taking a year off work or are you off until she's at school? What's the, what's the
1: Um job? I am I'm still on maternity leave from my actual job but I I have started doing some admin for my my sister-in-law has a business so oh, yeah. I've started doing some admin for her it's just 3 or 4 hours one day a week yeah um which that's probably really helped my to me f- sort of feel a bit more like me I guess yeah um, but, yeah, aiming to not go back into full-time until she's around one. So next
0: year, yeah. 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 Make the most of this precious time you've got together when they're so little, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if you look back now, is there anything you think you'd do differently on your journey? Um, well,
1: now that I am 95% sure I want to have another Baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um i do wish that i had embryo banked. right um just because i think it would be easy easier than having to go through all the hormones again and the egg retrieval again while having a child
0: so um, by embryo banking for anyone who's listening that's not familiar with that do you want to explain yeah. what that means
1: yeah so it just means that you have a couple of embryos or as many as you could get in the freezer um, so you
0: do a few rounds of Life yeah, life not a transfer.
1: Yeah, basically. yeah. because yeah. I only got the one embryo. But, you know, when you're on this journey, you're like, I just want one. I just, you know, I just need that one. Um, But now I'm pretty certain I want to have another one. Yeah, it's just oh, I wish it was just as easy to duck into the clinic and do the transfer sort yeah. of thing. Yeah.
0: And you've got access to be able to use the same donor again?
1: Yeah, so I contacted the donor team. Well, I think it was maybe about six weeks ago and just sort of touch base, found out she has five donor siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He, he's currently at his family limit. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stock left, with their words. So that's reassuring.
0: <laughs> you yeah. I like to think that that means that the stock's actually really good. And it was, yeah. 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 And going into it, did you think that you would have multiple children, or is it just that you put her um, now?
1: I mean, I always pictured my life with—I'm from a reasonably big family, like I have four siblings—and mm-hmm. um, I didn't picture my life with just one, definitely. But while I was going through it, I was like, I just want to have that. I just, just one, one will be enough. But she's so great, and I love her so
0: much. That I'm just like I could have a million of you, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mum, I'm never leaving home now. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's fine with that. She yeah. she's like. So, um, have you made that appointment with your specialist yet?
0: Oh, roll on more grandchildren.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she has. Um, let me do a quick count. Seven, I think. So I think Ruthie's number seven. Oh wow! Um, okay. But the closest in age is fifteen. So. I think she thought she was done with grandchildren, so she's excited to be starting all over again.
0: So Ruthie's got lots of cousins but not close in age. So
1: Yeah, and that's another reason that I'm sort of like, I think you need to have a sibling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you see that family a lot? Are they around where you've moved to now?
1: Yeah, so my sister is literally a three-minute walk up the road. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, and then my um Two brothers are there, a couple of suburbs over. So, But I work for my sister-in-law, so I see my brother all the time. Yeah. My mum jokes she never sees, she never saw her kids as much as she does now that Ruthie lives here.
0: <laughs> and and how did you come up with them. Ruthie's adorable name?
1: Um, So I had a great aunt, Ruth, mm-hmm. um, and my, so she's my mum's aunt. My grandparents died when I was really young, so I didn't really know her, but I had my auntie Ruth till I was, I think I was about 23 when she passed away. Yeah, so just a special name that I I always loved, Ruthie. I thought it was really cute. Um, and then, yeah, when my one embryo that I swore was a boy turned <laughs> out to be a girl, I knew that had to be a name.
0: Oh, beautiful. You found <laughs> out while you were pregnant what you were having?
1: Yes. um, Only because there was a slip of the tongue at an ultrasound. Ah. Like I'd, I'd done the NIPT test, which they asked me about and I said, oh yeah, I've done it. Everything's fine. And then as they were scanning, he, the technician had a student, so they were sort of talking amongst themselves and I heard she and her a few times and I was like, am I hearing that right? So after having the envelope for I think I had it for two and a half weeks and didn't open it. I like rushed home and I had to open it then.
0: Course you're disciplined the no way. I yeah, go. I had to give it to someone else so I didn't open it so I could do like, yeah the reveal thing.
1: It was just like a personal challenge that I had that I was like, how long can I not? And I think if I hadn't have heard that, I probably wouldn't have opened it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you already know that you've got five donor siblings out there. Have you thought mm-hmm. about whether you'll try and make any contact with them or what relationship you'd potentially like with them in the future? I
1: really want to. Um, I've literally got in my Chrome, I've got the page for the Vada website of like how to do all that. Um, it's just literally finding the time. Yeah. Yeah. And in one of your episodes when you talked about um, writing the donor the a letter, yeah. Um, I was like, I really want to do that as well. Yeah. I, I, actually I still there. haven't
0: done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's on when my you list. Were
1: With the episode where you interviewed the donor, I was like, mm. this guy sounds like he could be my donor. How weird would that be?
0: <laughs> well, He donated at my clinic and I was like, how did I, well, I do that? Well, I went through you. city
1: fertility. So, Wow.
0: Well, yeah. I've yeah. just decided he basically is my donor because if he was, I would love to have someone like that as <laughs> as the donor so
1: yeah (laughs) there you go
0: I know sometimes I'm like as well doing these interviews what if I found a sibling this way possible
1: my friends have a theory that Ed Sheeran is actually my donor because she looked a lot like him when she was born (laughs) not a bad thing (laughs) yeah so yeah that was an ongoing joke she's grown out of that though
0: have you made lots of connections with other solo mums near you obviously moving to a new town and place or is that not something that's important?
1: Um, a couple. So I joined like a play group and um, a lady had posted on it when they were like, introduce yourself. It was one of those posts. She'd commented that um, she was a solo mum by choice. Um, so I was a total stalker, which is not like me, and I inboxed her and was like, hey, this is probably a little bit forward but, you know, I'm a solo mum by choice as well, da-da-da. So we've caught up at the playgroup a few times. Yeah. There is a solo mumbo choice Facebook group for the town that I live in. Yeah. There's like four people, but, you know, we're trying, we're trying. Yeah. Um, We've had a few scheduled meetups, but the first one I missed because Ruthie had COVID. Um, oh, she's had COVID already, pop it. Yeah, yeah. My mum got it and then she got
0: it, but mm. I didn't,
1: which is great because I've had it three times, so I'm done.
0: <laughs> That's enough, surely, yeah.
1: Yeah, so. um, And then the second one, one of the other kids was sick and when there's only four people in the group, you know, if one's out, it's kind of like, you know, it's not really worth it, is it? Mm. Yeah. So we're trying. We're trying to build a little community up here, yeah.
0: Is it important to you that you have relationships with other families that are similar makeup?
1: Um, I think so, yeah. Um giving her well, experiencing of all family types is important to me. Um like we're living in the town I grew up with, and I think I probably lived a very sheltered life, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I moved to Melbourne at I think I was around 23. And it was very eye-opening. So um, I want her to not be as sheltered and a bit more aware of different lives that are out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if anyone else is kind of on the fence about whether this is the right path for them, what advice would you give them?
1: Um, I would, I can't remember where I saw this. I think it was maybe on a TV show, but it was think about, you know, when you're 60 and you look around the table at Christmas, what does Mm. that table look like? I love that. And, yeah, I wish I remember where I heard it or saw it, but I was like that's really beautiful because, you know, you can enjoy your life at any age with or without a child, but, you know, as you get older, what are you going to have sort of thing? You can't bury yourself in work. You can't travel when you're in a... Oh, well, I'm sure you can travel when you're old and decrepit. I don't know. But, I plan to. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know what do you want? What do you want Christmas to look like when you're 70? Yeah. I and need that's... to get a
0: really large extended family somehow, which is yeah. kind of hard. But I'm an only child and only niece, and that's all that's left. Yeah. Hmm.
1: <laughs> just um, adopt your family. Have a chosen family.
0: I'll just yeah. ad- adopt lots of waifs and strays. Why not? That sounds fun. yeah sounds good. I love that advice. And is there anything else you'd like to tell anyone about your journey or what being a solo mum by choice has meant to you and the, that dream coming true?
1: Um, I guess for me, I was always someone, I had a lot of FOMO all the time. Mm -hmm. Like if my friends went somewhere and I didn't, I was always like, Oh, but, um, having Ruthie in my life, it's, and again, I'm pretty sure this might've been a TikTok. It was, You know, it's not my season to do that. So my friends were talking about possibly travelling to Ireland later this year and I was like, oh, I'd really love to go but I was very much able to just go. It's not my season to travel right now, especially to Europe, pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not my season but, you know, seasons come and go and it will be my time to do that if I want to later. Yeah.
0: Have most of your friends got children as well now or...?
1: Um, I wouldn't say most. Um, probably half half. Mm-hmm. but my two closest girlfriends, they don't. Um, but then I do have um, a friend who is a solo mum by choice as well. Oh, yeah, we,
0: we worked together.
1: <laughs> we worked together years ago, and then we decided to, you know, talking over social media, we decided to catch up and have coffee. and um. I was like, oh, so I've got some news. I'm starting this. And she's like, shut up. I'm literally starting
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, yeah, her little girl's three months older than Ruthie.
0: Oh, that's going to be fabulous growing up together then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really special. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Well, it's been great journey that you've been on wishing you all the best for number two and hopefully it happens just as easily do you think you'd stop at two or you might go for more if possible
1: I think my brain would make me stop at two yeah but honestly I could probably have it's early days but I'm just like I could have five kids
0: (laughs) yeah Well, I wish you nothing but success for that. And maybe we can catch up in a couple of years' time when you do have two and see what that's like and how that's that's changed things. But you're looking very calm and rested for having a baby so young. So well done, you.
1: (laughs) Thanks very much.
0: I'm Alicia, and this is the No Need for Prince Charming podcast, bringing you stories of Australian solo mums who created their own happy ending. If you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes and leave a like, a review or share with your friends to help others find it easier. Bye for now.